Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is so good to be with you today, and it's great to see how many people are already starting here, and I know there's plenty more out there. And as people are still coming in, I'm going to invite us to stand together, and let us just look at the scripture that's up on the screen here. It's from Romans 12. This is our prayer for our service. This is our prayer for our morning together, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may prove as the people of God that the will of God is good and is acceptable and is perfect. Not just living just through us as individuals, but us as a collective body of Christ this day. That we would fix our eyes, our minds, and our lives to the ways that God has called us to be. Oh Lord, we are thankful for the ways in which your love and your grace follows us. Today, we give you responsive worship that the breath that fills us in from you gives us grace, it gives us hope, and it gives us life. And we respond with praise and adoration for your love and for your grace and for who you are to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let us sing. Will you open my eyes to your wonders anew and capture my heart with this love? Cause nothing on earth is as beautiful as you Oh, let your praise, come on Would you open my eyes to you on this
good worship already. I'm going to invite you to be seated. And I'm going to invite Tyler up as he's going to explain what's happening and going on in the life of our church. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, like Austin mentioned, my name is Tyler. I'm the Director of Communications here on staff at San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. And so good to be with you all on another beautiful Sunday morning. It was super windy, cloudy this morning, but the sun's finally coming through, so it looks like it's going to be another beautiful day. And uh, so great to have you guys all here for our worship service this morning. Uh, a few things happening in the life of our church I'm going to let you all know about. But first, as per usual, if you look on the either front of your bulletin or up on the screen behind me, there's a little QR code right there. You can use your smartphone camera to scan that QR code. It takes you to a really short Google form that you can fill out with your name, your contact info, any prayer requests or info that you want to let us know about. Uh, we in the church office review these every week at our staff meetings. So please take the time before you leave church today. Go ahead and fill that form out. It's a great way to connect with us and just check in and let us know that you're here this Sunday. Okay, a few things coming up. The first is that this is our last Sunday of July, which means August is right around the corner. And here around San Diego First Church, August is Church Family Month. So Church Family Month means we are going to give some of our youth and uh, kids volunteers a little bit of a break. And we're going to invite our kids and our teens to stay with us in our services uh, during our 1030 service, as well as not have programming during the 9 o'clock Sunday school hour. So just so you all know, if you have kids, uh, every Sunday in August, there will not be kids programming or teen programming at 9 or 10.30, but the nursery will still be open for those with littles. So just so y'all are aware of that, that's for the entire month of August. Also connected to that, we have on Wednesdays our family fun nights in August. So this is a time where we put our separate kids and teens programming on pause, and we actually come together and invite kids, teens, families, anybody else in the church that wants to be involved to join us on these fun Wednesday night activities. Um, our our schedule for this month, uh, for the first three Wednesdays in August, are the three Bs. Now hang with me here because the first B is kickball, but there is a ball, there's a B in there right in the middle, so it still counts. So our first Wednesday here in August is going to be a kickball event over at Liberty Station. We'll be near the playground, so if you have little kids, they want to hang out in the playground, that's great. Um, all the parents, siblings, teens are invited to come and join us for a game of kickball. Uh, we'll be hanging out at Liberty Station this first Wednesday coming up here this week in August. And then following, following that next week, we'll get together for a bunco night, and then the third week of August for a bonfire. So make sure you mark your calendars for those first three Wednesdays in August and join us for those family fun nights. It'll be a great time. And then lastly, want to make sure everybody has on their calendar, Sunday, August 20th, our summer celebration down at Crown Point. We will not be gathering here at church that Sunday morning. Instead, we'll get together at Crown Point and Mission Bay. At 1030, we'll have an outdoor worship service with some reflections from summer ministries, things that have happened over the summer like camps and VBS and all that fun stuff. Get to hear a little bit about those from people that were involved. And then we get to hang out at the park and the beach and play some long games together, enjoy a free lunch that's catered by one of the best tacos uh, places in San Diego, in my opinion. Uh, we use them every year. It's, it's a great time. So hopefully you have that marked on your calendar, and please join us down at Crown Point on Sunday, August 20th. Hope to see you there. All right, this is the point in our service where we get a few moments to stand, greet one another, and pass the peace of Christ. So please go and do so.
free to finish up those conversations. You may find your way back to your seat, but please remain standing as we continue in our worship together. I'm going to read our scripture reading for the morning. It comes out of Psalm 105, verses 1 through 11 and verse 45. It says this, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. And remember the wonders he has done. His miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob, he is the Lord, our God. His judgments are all in the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit, that they might keep his precepts and observe his law. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Let us adopt the posture in the heart of the psalmist this day. As we look not only to anticipate what God will do for us as God's people, but let us remember what God has already done for us and how God has always already brought us here to this place in which we stand and in which we live. Let us give praise and respond with adoration to our Creator, our Redeemer. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in mind.
So this last week, we were gathered in Brown, and we were gathered across spaces of Point Loma's campus, and we were doing something called VBS. And we had a bunch of kids, and we had a bunch of parents, and people that volunteered that did a ton of stuff, and I figured that maybe rather than just telling you about it, we can just show you some glimpses of what we did. You know we played sports, but we danced and we had fun too. So kids, adults, anyone who was a part of it slash also feels comfortable, come on up. We're gonna do a song that we did in VBS just this last week, and the kids are gonna show you exactly how the motions went. So feel free, they are teaching you. They are doing this not just to show you, but they're here to teach you these dance moves as well. So once you get comfortable, and once you get used to, oh, I love this. Thank you, yes, look at the buy-in. I love it, okay, sweet. You know being up here means you're the dancers, right? Everyone clear on that? We're all doing dancers? Okay, here we go. It goes something like this. And I've got a river, a living water, fountain that never will run dry.
so much. Thank you so much, kids. Oh, awesome. Hey, thanks for showing us, guys. That was great. You guys can be, everyone can be seated. Thanks for doing that with us. I'm inviting up uh, Jordan and Rihanna, our children's pastor and our children's assistant, and they're actually going to talk about what happened in VBS. Before they do, you need to know that months and months and months of preparation and work it takes to get 200 kids into Brown just alone. That task alone is already hard enough, but they put on events, games, shows, they did the stage, all you're gonna see in these pictures, but can we give them a huge round of applause for the work that they did, time sacrifice for our kids here? Thank you, that was very kind. Um, before I get started, I just wanted to say there's some really fun pictures scrolling and our very own Lisa Gooden, you can raise your hand back there, Lisa, took all those fun pictures for us, so thank you for doing that. Um, this last week, we had 217 kids here at church between Brown and the Children's Building, and it was a party, I'm telling you. Um, if you weren't here, you missed out, um, but we did have over 60 volunteers. If you, um, if you were an adult who helped us, or even a teen, we had a lot of teen helpers, if that was you this last week, will you please stand so that we can recognize you? Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's, it, it takes so many of us to do this. Um, yes, we were leading the charge, but we couldn't do it with all the, without all of the volunteer help. So we're so grateful. Um, it was so fun. Rihanna's going to just give you a little bit more of a peek into what our week looked like. So each year for VBS, we challenge the kids to uh, collect items for loaves and fishes in Ocean Beach. And this year, I think we probably hit the most we've ever done. We did um, around 2,200 items that they donated, which is incredible. That was food and toiletries. Um, and it is an honor for us to be able to serve loaves and fishes in that way. And it's very cool to see the kids get excited about bringing stuff for people in need. So that is a wonderful thing that happened. Um, and every day, our, um, our kids learn a bottom line from our story, from our, our uh, curriculum of the day. So I'm going to run you through some of those that they learned. Uh, the first day was do what Jesus says. It was great. So every day they learn a whole bottom line. And that goes with the Bible story. So they learned how to do what Jesus says, follow what he says. Then we did believe who Jesus is, like Peter in his story of like, you say, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Savior. Then we had love who Jesus loves. And who is that? That is everyone. Everyone is loved by Jesus. We love everyone because Jesus loves us. Share what Jesus did. Again, Peter going forth and uh, feeding his sheep, but not literal sheep going and sharing what Jesus did, and then go where Jesus leads. So where is Jesus leading you? Could be right next door, could be across the globe, but where, where is he leading us? So there you go. Well, that's what we learned this week. And our, yes, it was awesome. Our theme was ready, set, move. And when we kind of left them off with go where Jesus leads, um, it could be here, it could be there, it could be everywhere. Um, so we did a lot of that. We're, Jesus is leading us here, there, and everywhere, and we get to follow him. Um, I, I'm pretty sure our kids had 
the time of their lives. They learned some sports, but they also learned a ton about a God who loves them very, very much. Um, So as we wrap this up, we are going to pray our kids out of this place um, with um, a prayer that we like to do here every week. And I'd invite you to pray with us as we um, dismiss. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, through the glory of praise God. Amen. All right, kiddos. Good morning, church. I have a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up to the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in the baskets but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his storeroom, new treasures as well as old. The word of the Lord. Joel. And thanks to all of you for joining in on that wonderful celebration of our kids. What a joy, and I'm exhausted and worn out. (laughs) Both from this week and from that one song that would never end. (laughs) My name is Dee, and uh, there are a number of people who are guests here this morning, um, to you particularly, but to everyone, to say welcome. The privilege of coming together and singing together and worshiping together, hearing the word together. Um, joining in in worship as a community, digging in deep and allowing God's Spirit to work in us, among us, through us. It's a privilege, and uh, I want to say thank you for making us better by being here. Something happens collectively when we're together. I would like to make mention of a couple things in our faith community that um, uh, just to keep you posted. Um, Muffin Kent uh, passed away this last week. I believe it was this past Monday. 
Some of you wouldn't know her because she was to a great deal behind the scenes, but she was also such a bubbly, positive ball of energy um, that just made her way around this place during those times when she came. She connected with the youth department um, during a season of her life. She connected with um, young adults during a season of her life. She connected with the kitchen during a season of her journey. Um, but uh, in the course of this journey, um, she passed away after a um, period of illness. There's going to be a reception um, for her put on by her family. I believe it's at the Ballet High. You can get more information by calling the church office if you'd like to know. I would also covet your prayers uh, continued for the Holly family. We had the beautiful memorial service yesterday, and quite a few people were here, but uh, so grateful to see some of them here this morning and recognizing that as all of that kind of settles, there's a journey that follows, and that you would lift them up in prayer and hold them um, close as Sheila has hold, held so many of us close in her prayers over the years. I also covet your prayers for um, the Kundraks, Kim and Sue. Uh, you probably know Sue's just had years of decline in her health, and um, using the language that Ed Holly used yesterday, I think her foot is uh, knee-deep in the Jordan River um, probably in the next few days. Um, her passing will probably take place, and just want you to know that, to lift up Kim as he makes decisions and... Uh, sits and stands watch in reverence and grace and uh, all that goes with those moments. Lift them up, I ask you, please. In fact, maybe just a pause for a few moments as we pray for one another, for these things you've heard, for other things that are on your heart. Um, yesterday was a moment of praise. I, I mentioned it in the memorial service. Genevieve Brunk was at yesterday's memorial service and She's a walking answer to some of our prayers and such a beautiful uh, moment to see her there. You may bring with you some heaviness this morning. You may bring with yourself some joy this morning. Wherever you are, the invitation is to be transparent before God and say, oh Lord, this is what's on my heart. We do that in prayer. So let's pause for a few moments. Offer that honesty to God this morning. Maybe a prayer on behalf of someone with whom you shook hands during the passing the peace. And there's something about that moment that caught your attention. Lift that individual up. We're invited to be light in the midst of the culture in which we live. 
So I encourage you to just take a moment and say, Oh God, how would you have me live this week? Lord, we are so grateful that you know our humanity. You know that we hold emotions that seem incompatible, grief and joy, apprehension, trust, anxiousness, sometimes balanced by a sense of safety and peace. So we come to you with that jumbled mess. For some things we ask for forgiveness, for other things we ask for help, for other things we just offer gratitude and praise and thanksgiving. Some situations, Lord, where there doesn't seem to be an obvious answer, an easy solution or an exact decision hold us in those moments help us in those decisions be present with our friends our family and help us know oh Lord how to be a friend a neighbor a good Samaritan a peacemaker. One who's charitable, compassionate, and just simply kind. For the many things, Lord, for which we don't even know how to pray, We join in with disciples, followers who have been praying a prayer taught by you, Lord, and we offer it this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to interrupt that beautiful moment of peace by taking you back to my ninth grade creative writing class with Mr. Cahill. That room was nothing like peace. First of all, it was ninth grade. And I think that every ninth grade boy who was in the midst of acting out 
in rebellion against parents or whatever else joined in that class. Just at times felt like chaos. Mr. Cahill, one of the few male teachers in the ninth grade, um, worked real hard to try and teach some creative writing moments. And I remember several things about that class. I was fascinated by it in a number of ways. It was tough not to be drawn in to the joy of chaos because for a ninth grader, that's like appealing. That's where you want to live is in the chaos. But Mr. Cahill kept trying, kept working, and I remember that he would introduce us to different types of writing, um, different ways of both poetry and prose. And it was a class where we had to actually participate by writing those various genres. He would, every once in a while, have a prompt often would have a prompt. And so he would give you this lead-in line, and then you had to finish with wherever this lead-in line took you. I still remember to this day one of those. She came tripping down the stairs, full of grace and queenly airs. Now finish the poem. And I wrote a poem about my sister. I can't remember anything else about the poem, but I just cannot get out of my head just that wonderful imagery that he started. Well, I feel like we have this wonderful teaching moment in Matthew 13. And there's a little bit that reminds me some of the chaos that's just in life. And then Jesus is gathering the disciples in powerful moment to teach. And if you've been around it all the last couple weeks, we've been in Matthew 13, and there's some background. I won't spend a lot of time, but the background that leads up to this has the beginnings of Jesus' ministry in chapters 1 through 4, 5 through 7. We have the teachings of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. We get into 8 and 9. We see the miracles of Jesus, the actual actions that he takes. And then we get to the rejection of Jesus the difficulties that are being faced. Authorities who are not paying attention, listening, or plotting to end his ministry. And then the disciples come back together and Jesus begins to speak to them in parables. And in this chapter, eight different parables. So we spent two weeks ago on the first parable, the parable of the sower, seed, and soils. It was all one parable. And then last week on the parable of the weeds. Both of those have nice, wonderful explanations to accompany them. It's kind of like the, you know, the teacher's notes of the things that you ought to be paying attention to. And then we come to this week, and in one week we have six parables with virtually no explanation. We have the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the yeast, the parable of the pearl, the parable of the treasure, the parable of the net, and the parable of the storehouse. 
Some people don't always include one of those as a parable, but it just seems like the imagery is the same. So all six of these lumped into this Matthew 13 reading on this particular Sunday. It feels like we have just shifted into discipleship graduate work. Let me explain. We don't have this methodology of teaching in Matthew, at least this way, prior to this time. We come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and there's this wonderful teaching that says all of, these, all of the people who hear these words of mine and don't put them into practice are like the person who built their house on the sand. Rains came down and the floods came up. Rains came down and the floods came up and washed away the house. Those who hear these teachings of mine and put them into practice are like those who built their house on the rock. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods. And it stirred firm. So this beautiful storyline that helps drive home the point of all the very practical teachings that took place in chapters 5 through 7, here we come to story after story after story after story, parables again and again. Concluding with the storehouse parable that says those who try and communicate the law, the good news. It's like the one who takes off the shelf both that which is new and that which is old. And in this combination, creates that new good news. Just before that, he asked the disciples, do you understand what I'm teaching? Well, the last two weeks they didn't. Master, explain to us that parable. Explain to us the parable. So Jesus kind of spells out the components of the parable. He doesn't do that for the five that lead up to the storehouse. It's like Mr. Cahill. I'm going to give you the lead in line. She came tripping down the stairs full of grace and queenly airs. Go. There, there's this mustard seed. Tiniest seed of all. And it grows up into this plant where birds can nest and raise their young. Go. What is it? What am I saying? What's the story? A merchant comes across a pearl. It's, it's the greatest pearl the merchant has ever seen. Sells everything to buy the pearl. Go. What I love is he says, do you understand? And they're beginning to catch on. It is this way by which I've taught you the principles of my teachings. I've shown you how to live this out by the way in which we engage the world. Now let's take the next step. I invite you into the playground of spiritual life. What? Well, I'd just like 
for you for a few moments to go back and pretend that this morning you're sitting in this section up front right here. You're one of the kids. There's a new playground they just finished in your neighborhood. It's got everything as a playground. You stand at the entrance. You do a quick gaze across everything. Where are you going first? It's brand new. It's wide open. It's for you. I know I'm using some of the old playground lingo. I know there are a lot more modern things, but just still the basics are still the same. You're going straight to the sandbox. You're going to the swings. You're going to the slide, the teeter-totter, the jungle gym. What are you going to? There's one that draws you in that direction. I would propose we have five items on the playground this morning. Where are you drawn? I'm drawn to the Pearl of Great Price. It's just the first one I want to go to. And if you want to know which one I'd pick on the playground, it's the jungle gym. I just like climbing. It also feels like it's a little more of an adrenaline rush. I'm not sure why, but hanging upside down on some of those things. Yeah, that's the one where mom says, be careful. I love that when mom has to say, be careful. <laughs> and I have the feeling in this sermon, my mom would say that also. Be careful, D. Okay, got it, mom. The pearl of great price. There was a merchant who found a pearl, the most beautiful pearl he'd ever seen. Goes and sells all he has so that he could obtain this pearl, the pearl of great price. And Jesus stops and invites me to take that beautiful story and turn it in every different direction, to climb on top of it, to teeter-totter back and forth, to imagine what Jesus is trying to teach. And the things that come to mind are the same things that probably come to mind for you. That this good news is so precious, so powerful, so restorative, that it's worth everything. To give all of who I am that I might obtain that good news, yeah, that's the power of the pearl of great price. But what if I play on the playground longer? Is there not more where this could take me? In the storehouse, pulling off some of the old and adding some of the new? Is it not possible that first and foremost, Jesus is the pearl of great price? To grab hold of the good news by grabbing a hold of Jesus but isn't there also a storyline that threads from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, where you are the pearl of great price for which Jesus gave Jesus' life so that you might be held close to Christ? That I'm a pearl of great price? What if we play on the play playground longer? The special person that's been in our life that had just... Somehow, this relationship, this friendship, this journey has something that is beyond anything I could ever imagine. It feels like it's been touched by the divine. And, I, and maybe, just maybe, this person in my life is that pearl that 
God has brought into my life to transform me, to teach me about the shadow side of my journey, about my blind spots. And every once in a while, that's tough to hear, but could it be if I viewed all of those comments born out of love as precious jewels, as gifts from God, that they might be for me a pearl of great price? Maybe if I play on this particular jungle gym a little bit longer, I might be reminded in my heart that pearls are born out of an irritant, a little piece of sand that's in the oyster. I, I, my mind, when I think of that, and she's an absolutely wonderful woman, but early on in my youth ministry days, this wonderful parent, Donna, was a piece of sand. <laughs> and, and my, thank you, Kay, who offered an amen over here. Oh my goodness, was it hard. I just, I couldn't do anything right. I couldn't do enough for her children. I, she'd invite me over to her backyard and We'd sit on lawn chairs, and she had a list of things to go over. Oh, I'm just getting flushed right now thinking about it. <laughs> and as the years passed, one of the hardest lessons for me to learn, oh, D, where's the truth in what you're hearing? Grab hold of the truth. Let go of the rest. Donna's journey was not easy at all. And as the years passed, without a doubt, she became my greatest cheerleader, confident, close friend of my spouse, showed up for everything, volunteered at every point that she could. And the piece of sand became an amazing gemstone and it wasn't because of me but I learned oh God there are pearls where I see only sand everywhere and I keep climbing the jungle gym again and again and again as this parable unfolds and each time a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new and the storehouse come out and a new lesson is learned and I'm invited into a place where God wants to teach and grow and mold and shape. This is the graduate school of the imagination of the spirit. Pick another one. What is it that jumps off the page to you? The treasure in the field similar to the one about the pearl? Reminds me of some of the principles Jesus taught in the sermon. The principles of... Um, don't you set yourselves on things on earth where moth and rust corrupt and destroy, thieves break in and steal, but instead set your heart on things above where moth and rust don't corrupt, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your heart is there, where your eyes look, what you set your heart on, that's where you'll be. Dwelling on earth, but a heart set on that which is heavenly. 
That's what Jesus taught. I've got a parable now about a treasure in a field. The title of this message is Not Everything is Precious. This is a precious treasure that's there. So is everything precious? No. There are things that ought to be discarded. We've got the parable of the net where there's the net that's cast and all the fish are gathered. And once they're all gathered, there's this process by which the bad fish are set off to the side and the good fish are put in the baskets. I can go with a real traditional look at that and speak about the last days because this would be a parable that's very much like the weeds and says, don't you worry about that. The heavenly beings will do the dividing that needs to take place. You take care of the things that you're in charge of, which is to be a vessel of the good news, to look toward others as wonderful, precious treasures, to live out your life in ways that give expression to this good news. Trust what God will do. When the time's right, and remember, you were a weed at one point in time till you realized that you were a child of God. You'd be in the bad fish pile if it were not for the grace given by Jesus Christ. So I play on that particular sandbox for a little bit longer, and somehow in the midst of reflecting, I'm reminded of George Lyons whose daughter now teaches on campus, who I had in graduate school, and I turned in a paper on the New Testament, pretty proud of the paper. George Lyons wasn't very proud of the paper. <laughs> I mean this without exaggeration. He used a blue ink pen, and I've never seen so much blue ink on one paper as I saw on mine. I don't think there was a single sentence that didn't have some correction or adjustment on it. Talk about a person who was separating the good fish from the bad fish. <laughs> what was wonderful was he didn't call me the bad fish. He had the wisdom, the patience, the insight, to walk with me and help me to see why it needed a whole lot of blue ink. It's one moment and lesson of the net for me. It's this graduate school of spiritual imagination where Jesus, after having sent out the disciples, say what I say, do what I did, now, let's dig deeper. Let me give you some. There's the story of the pearl, the story of the treasure, the story of the leaven or the yeast, the story of the mustard seed, the story of the net. Jump in. This playground's for you. Is it anything goes? Of course not. Do you not remember I taught you the principles of the kingdom? We've been up on a hillside. The disciples came unto him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. The principles of the kingdom poured into you. Now I'm inviting you to take that which you know 
and that which you're learning, put them together and allow the principles of the kingdom of God to guide you to see with a fresh set of eyes, to see so many pearls of great price, to see so many treasures in so many moments, in so many ways. I love the story of the mustard seed. I don't understand why it's not the story of the sequoia. I mean, I get it, mustard seeds, such a tiny little seed, but have you seen how small, like the redwood acorn kind of things are? They're not that big. It'd be a great story if it was like the largest tree in the... No, we're going to use a mustard seed, which grows up into, at least in this country, a bush that's about this big. Probably in that part of the world, it was maybe six to ten feet. Great, but a sequoia... Nevertheless, this is the story we have. Go. It is a continuation of the powerful nature of that which is small, yeast, that which is unseen, that which has been hidden in the mix, produces things you could have never imagined. It's in its DNA. It's in the nature of the thing to cause bread to rise, to cause this good-sized bush to grow. What I love, actually, when I dig a little deeper into this teeter-totter on the playground is the little subtle part of the story where the birds come and make their nests. And I ask myself, if I were a bird, where would I go? I'd go to a place that was safe. Safe from my nest, safe from me, safe from my chicks. Oh my goodness, what if we saw ourselves just as a place where we could create safe space for others? Isn't that the good news? It's your playground. Where would you go with the mustard seed? With the bread that might remind us of stories of the boy who bought, brought five loaves, a couple fish, and gave it away. And in that space of generosity, somehow, some way, thousands of people are fed. I would contend that your heart is the storehouse. The playground of unlimited stories and moments of learning, exclamations of grace, moments of hope, places where your heart would take you who allow your spirit of generosity or joy or compassion or helpfulness or kindness to give expression So, if this morning I simply said, she came tripping down the stairs full of grace and queenly airs, go. What would you do 
with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. It's your playground with the Holy Spirit. Go to the place where you're drawn first. Don't miss that there are other things to explore. Allow your heart and God's spirit to become one. And find this world as a place to live out the kingdom of heaven now. The graduate school of discipleship is a great place to be. So I invite you. It's for you. Have fun. Oh, Lord. We are so stunned by a moment when your disciples gather together, sit under your teaching, and you begin to put their heart at ease that there's a much bigger plan in place. No doubt having observed the rejection of some of the things that you said or that you did on earth, certainly the anxiety level goes up and you teach, oh, the storyline's so much bigger. It doesn't end today. It doesn't end with that comment. The story's not over with one backyard meeting with a long list of grievances. This spans time. And time is in your hands, Lord. Time to teach us, to mold us to make us into what you want us to be, to invite us into this place to explore what your Spirit is teaching each one of us, how we might live this discipleship journey. God, we stand at the gate. Where do we go first? Capture our imagination with your love. Capture our hearts with the good news. Enliven us that we might become not just storytellers, but story livers. Those who look back and see your hand at work and then in this moment go, oh my goodness, what are you up to, God? <laughs> I can't even see anything come up from the seeds that I know have been planted, but I know stuff happens beneath the ground. Oh, Lord, what are you up to? A new thing? Mixed with some old things? That will produce something unexpected? Oh, Lord. Hold our hand. And then let us run. Be nearby. And then let us jump. Keep your eye on us. <laughs> but let us climb to new heights where you take us and lead us and love us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
If this is a journey that's brand new to you, you're drawn to it in ways that you don't quite understand this morning, you just like to talk to somebody about it, 
please reach out to me, any of the ones on our staff. would love to talk about your journey of faith. It's such a privilege to do that together. Or if you know somebody in the congregation you trust, a safe mustard seed bush that you feel like you can approach and talk, do that. It's a wonderful way to share the faith. Now may God's peace pour over you. May you see all around you the kingdom of heaven coming to life with new colors, new hues, new music, new steps. May you see God's presence in the journey and may you be God's presence for others on their journey. Go in God's love and God's peace. God be with you.